0: Hello friends, this is Dr. Benjamin Smith, lecturer in philosophy with Catholic Studies Academy. Welcome to Take Every Thought Captive. Today we are going, I'm joined by uh, my good friend and regular co-host, Dr. Richard Kelly, and we're going to be talking about Advent and Christmas, but from a theological and liturgical uh, perspective, uh, an area where Dr. Kelly has a lot of uh, expertise Um you know, we, we decided to talk about this because one of, one of the reasons to talk about this is right now, you know, Advent is probably more popular than it's been in the past, you know? Uh, yeah. We can see, see how some of our uh, friends, Protestant friends, uh, are celebrating Advents, you know? Uh, sometimes this causes a little bit of debate within their own communities, which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, sometimes these celebrations are not accompanied by... Um, the, what I would, you might call a historical Catholic perspective on Advent, uh, and so probably they lose some of their um, their meaning and full value, but in truth, Dr. Mosekele, you know, I, I think that could probably be said of a lot of our own Catholic celebrations and, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, of Advent uh, as well. I don't think it's just our, our Protestant friends who, who suffer from that uh, uh, to, to yeah. be sure.
1: I mean, I don't know what it's like in Europe, but mm-hmm. at least in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we both grew up in the United States and different parts mm-hmm. of it. And it just really seems that um, Advent is regarded by most people, Catholic or Protestant, mm-hmm. as the Christmas season. <laughs> and then <laughs> when, right. yeah. when Christmas actually occurs... On the liturgical <laughs> calendar it ends very abruptly right it's very abruptly that's
2: right that's right
1: and we lose the we lose the awareness of christmas being its own season mm-hmm. right and an mm-hmm. advent being its own season preparing mm-hmm. us for something
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true you know as you know uh i grew up protestant and not catholic yeah. i converted when i was in uh college um so all liturgical seasons to me were foreign um Really, including you know, like we didn't even so I remember we didn't even celebrate Good Friday.
2: Uh You know,
0: like that was not a thing. You are like that's just a Catholic thing. That's not you know. Yeah, that's (laughs) like like we went on Sundays. That was the day. Like Sunday is the day, Uh and there are no other things but Sunday.
1: You know, you know.
0: Now that's kind of an older Protestant way, I think, of thinking among sort of evangelical Baptist kind Mm. of folks. You know. Um, Yeah, a lot
1: of a lot of Protestants. you know, they started doing the mid the midweek thing on on Wednesday.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, sure,
2: yeah, that's sure. But,
1: but sure. um, and I think that just basically, I don't know because I'm mm. I, I was never in that community, but uh and I never asked anyone about it specifically. Mm-hmm. But I um I got the impression that it was, it was an effort uh it was an effort to kind of make being Christian a bit more intentional, right? Mm. To have it to have it be a part of our our lives, not just on Sunday, right? Correct. Uh, yeah.
2: I
0: think so. I think that's fair. Yeah, Use think that's very fair. often, you know, it involves small groups too. Mm-hmm. You know, but in any event, the yeah. uh Advent has a rich history, uh, and uh and you know, um uh, understood its own liturgical season. It's actually one of my favorites, I think, just because it's so steeped in you know wonderful biblical uh you know allusions and prophecies. You get all these yeah. rich texts from Isaiah. I personally think Isaiah is one of the most beautiful uh, books of script, sacred scripture. Could you speak a little bit to the, the origins of, of Advent?
1: Yeah. So it, this is, this may surprise us to actually, to think about this, right? Because, you know, to throw the Protestants a, a bone on this, um, it's the liturgical season of Advent is not, it's not really ancient. I, I mean, mm. it's old. It's been around for a long time, but right. it's not, Ignatius of Antioch knew nothing about it. Mm. Um, in all likelihood, um, St. Augustine didn't know about it. Mm. Interesting. Um, the, um, the reason, right, is that it wasn't until the fourth century that Christmas even appeared on the calendar as okay. a, as a liturgical feast. And this is hard for us to kind of wrap our heads around, right? Because mm-hmm. from our point of view, Christmas is the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and Easter seems almost secondary, right? Mm-hmm. But actually what we know about the primitive church was that... <laughs> it's the opposite, right? Yes. Su- it's the opposite, right? Easter <laughs> Sunday was <laughs> celebrated from apostolic times. Yes, right, it was, right. It was from apostolic times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. um, and we even have very, very ancient um, evidence of a liturgical mm-hmm. season in preparation for Easter. Okay. because there was a dispute over when to celebrate easter mm. and um people thought that it caused scandal and the reason that it caused scandal right was that people would look at christians and they would see some of the christians fasting and some mm. of the christians feasting at the wow. same time okay, and they would think right. well, they don't know what they're about right right, right. well that that observation from second century right early second century Mm. i think tells us that there was a season of fasting a season of preparation prior Mm -hmm. to uh the easter vigil right so there was Mm -hmm. there was the there was easter and there was lent Mm -hmm. in apostolic Mm -hmm. times Mm
2: -hmm.
1: christmas doesn't show up until the fourth century
2: interesting yeah
1: yeah and the the reason for that right the reason it does show up um is i think in some ways kind of natural and and in other ways strangely political okay and i don't mean that in any disparaging way it's just sort of a matter of fact Mm -hmm. thing sure it was in the fourth century that christianity having become the religion Mm -hmm. of the empire right right began to become important from the perspective of public festivals Mm -hmm. and this was the period in which um the ordo was established right the period in which liturgical norms began to be regularized from throughout different regions of the empire mm-hmm. and um while it's true you still have distinction in rites and there are very different looks to the liturgy mm-hmm. in different places there were certain elements of it that just got written down mm-hmm. and um one of the weird things that happened during this time right was that you had to deal with saints mm-hmm. i mean this may seem from our point of view we, we got it all worked out right yeah well, we can look back church, on it yeah sure in the primitive church saints were just um like grandma
2: right <laughs> it was like
1: people in your parish mm-hmm. and um th- they lived holy lives and the community recognized it and
0: am i mistaken rich i thinking that augustine wrote a couple of things sort of complaining about the way people? Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but kind of complaining a little bit about the way people celebrated the saints, like in in graveyards and things like that, or, or the superstitions or... about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they could grow up, maybe if you know, if it wasn't regulated or something.
1: Right, right, right. But what it was really about, though, was mm-hmm. in, er, early on was um, recognizing them as um, proof of holiness, right? Models mm-hmm. of holiness and demonstrations that it's possible to live the Christian life okay. it's possible to run the race right
2: right right
1: and um but it was very it was local like mm-hmm. it was your parish it was your diocese but it wasn't like the whole church
0: so was it was basically like by popular claim or something like that yeah
1: by popular claim and, and that okay. popular claim business actually carried on for a very very long time and in, well Ooh. into the middle Ages mm-hmm. um interesting yeah there's there are plenty of saints that we can say we don't They never went through the pro, like the but contemporary we process a specific time they were canonized right right right, right? right. You know. um so um but what did you do with all these saints once you start norm once you start producing these norms that that extend mm-hmm. across the empire mm-hmm. um i never heard of you know grandma Agnes. You know, I don't, I don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously, not all saints could be celebrated by everyone all the time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so you know the big ones, right? That everyone recognized were the mm-hmm. sort of the early ones to go in the calendar. John the Baptist, the Virgin Mary had plenty of feasts. She was starting to get more and more feasts during this time, but you know there were feasts for the Blessed Virgin, and then they worked out sort of calendars, right? For these saints who could be recognized mm-hmm. throughout the whole church, and many, many more just kind of faded away, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons we ended up with the uh, Feast of All Saints, mm. um, which was pretty early in development, right? But
0: <laughs> make sure we uh, got any and that we've forgotten.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it <laughs> was it was early in development. A lot it, it, people don't maybe appreciate just how much traces back to the this period from the fourth. About the 4th century to about the 6th sure. century.
2: Okay.
1: Um, and, um, and that's when Christmas appeared on the calendar, right? During that time. Gotcha. So it wasn't always celebrated on the same day. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't always celebrated on December 25th. We don't really know for sure why. Okay. You know, it was celebrated. But, you know, they had pagan feasts. And I, I know this caused a scandal for many people. But um, feasts surrounding the uh, winter solstice were a common feature in paganism.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you think about it from a missionary perspective, it's not an unreasonable thing to try to supplant the feast of the very people you're trying to missionize, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because customs are very powerful things, right? Sure. And, and you want to give something, you want to give them something that feels familiar, right? While at the same time taking away the excuse to just do what they did before. Mm-hmm. Um so you know settling on December 25th you could make arguments for it maybe not uh based in history exactly but okay symbolically right Yeah that it's December 25th is a fine time to put
0: mm-hmm. So was this originally like celebration of the celebration of the nativity of Jesus Christ or something yeah, the like that? Yeah, nativity of Jesus Christ. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: So then the question is well you know, this seems like a really important thing to celebrate, right? And Yeah, I mean, um, really, you
0: know, like, it's sort of like, you a, a, would sort of think, like obviously, in a way, maybe that's just yeah. a, maybe that's anachronistic, you know, but...
1: Well, I think it is anachronistic if you're going back to the very early days of the church. Sure.
0: Because of the overwhelming weight of Easter. I mean, right. it does make sense theologically, right, that Easter is, you know, it's the, you know, was it 800-pound gorilla? I mean, it's the it is the liturgical celebration of the whole
2: you know year
1: yeah right i mm-hmm. mean it's that's when it's when the victory is won
2: mm-hmm. right
1: but here's another thing to consider mm-hmm. it was during this time also right 4th century 5th century 6th century that we began to kind of reconceptualize what liturgical feasts meant mm-hmm. and we began to think of the liturgy in more cosmic you sort of cosmological terms, mm-hmm. um, and um, and so we began to see, I think, the importance of the the moment of the birth of Christ, right? When Christ when Christ breaks in upon the cosmos, and mm-hmm. um, in this definitive way, right? Mm-hmm. The battle is all the battle's already won. Easter is already anticipated in that very moment. Sure. And you could see that in the iconography that we associate with um, the Nativity of Christ, right? Look very Mm -hmm. carefully at it and you'll see some very interesting symbols. There's um, typically, right, in an Eastern uh, icon of the Nativity of Christ, you'll see things like, this isn't universal, but you'll often see the Virgin Mary with her back turned to the baby Jesus. Mm. And it's as if she's kind of giving him over to his destiny to become mm. a creature of sacrifice. And the way he's wrapped in swaddling clothes, he looks an awful lot like someone prepared for burial. Mm. And often the, often the, um, the manger is depicted as a tiny sarcophagus.
0: That's interesting.
1: And kind of creepy, yeah. to be honest. And it's kind of yeah. yeah it is a little creepy and, you, and and another feature of it right is um saint joseph is off in a corner very mm. frequently um being tempted by the devil interesting yeah why is that um, well it's supposed to be um you don't really believe that He's the son of God. Right? Uh, Mary's uh, been doing stuff behind your back. Uh, I mean, that—that's okay, so, basically uh, what—that's what Satan is trying to put into Joseph's ear, according to okay. the, the traditional reading of that. Mm-hmm. And and so you see this, you know, this whole this drama of um, temptation and death and triumph over it, mm-hmm. uh, which is already anticipating Easter in the iconography mm-hmm. of the incarnation.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, right, it's it's interesting. So you see, like, we had to put this feast in the calendar because mm -hmm. Easter's so important. Of course, Christmas is just as important, right? The Nativity of Christ is just as important because it's only a matter of time before we get to Mm -hmm. Easter. Once the incarnation happens, the victory of Christ at Easter is a foregone Mm -hmm.
0: conclusion. Right, right. It's already wrapped into... Sort of the uh, the equation, as it were. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Do you know, uh, like, about what time that uh, um, iconic uh, iconography became prevalent? Or
1: no, no I, I don't right, know right, for yeah. sure. Uh, okay. Like those particular features of it, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't say. When yeah. those particular features, but they're pretty, but they're pretty, mm-hmm. pretty well rooted in the tradition.
0: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. interesting. there's a um because you know certainly I think you know uh when I think of a a contemporary Western, well maybe not even say contemporary, but Western, maybe medieval or Renaissance yeah. um depiction, right? There's a lot of like celebration, I think yeah. is the is the keynote, right. Mm-hmm joy i mean even a lot of the there's joy there we'll talk a little bit about advent the real meaning of advent here in a minute but with christmas properly speaking right mm-hmm. there's a strong note of of joy right yeah you know I like mean, the angels singing the yeah i mean yeah. it's just you know like i mean you know it's just, just sort of now there is this sort of this hint right uh uh some hints right of you know the sacrifice to come right yeah but the, i think you know the overwhelming emphasis right is, is this sort of um just uh kind of refulgent you know sort of how many cherubim can we stick on the yeah on the crest? Uh-huh. you know we want it to be gold we want it to be as much as possible you know like this i mean and myself you know that sort of stuff has a limited appeal to me but personally but at the same time it is kind of interesting i mean it's it's it is arresting, right? That, that that this the degree of, at least in the Western sort of tradition, just exuberance. I guess. Yeah, but
1: I think there's to, I yeah. think there's more confluence there than meets the eye. Okay, and I think it has a bit to do with just the way, the frames of mind, right, in East mm-hmm. and West. Um. So, when, in the East, when you think about Easter, you're thinking about the triumph. Mm-hmm. And the passion is just sort of a, a stop in between, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not Western thinking about, about Easter actually focuses primarily on the moment of sacrifice on the cross. It's really, it seems our focus is more on Good Friday, right? Mm-hmm. The sacrifice that Christ makes. Mm-hmm. And then having made the sacrifice, he triumphs over death, mm-hmm the easter the Eastern perspective is really focused on the resurrection mm-hmm. right so when Christ dies on the cross in that Eastern perspective that's an act of aggression against the devil mm-hmm. right I mean he's 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 breaching Satan's kingdom in the pit mm-hmm. uh he's penetrating hell right like a trojan horse and mm-hmm. um and so the Easter, right, is about he's won the victory. Mm-hmm. He entered into that battle and then emerged victorious. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a bit of a different emphasis. Mm-hmm. So I would say then, right, that when you look at the iconography and it's all pointing in the direction of death. Yeah, that's true, but that death is itself an attack against the devil. The victory, in some way, yeah, yeah, right. what you're saying, yeah. So, so how when does you look sorry. at? when you look at the the western um tradition on Christmas now, right mm-hmm. think about the um think about the image of this baby in the manger commanding the angels in heaven
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah sure right sure <clears throat> so the the whole heavenly host right the armies of the armies of heaven mm-hmm, mm-hmm, are at the command of this little this mm-hmm, little baby
2: mm mm-hmm, mhm yeah
0: yeah i can see that i can see
2: that connection there
1: so how does how does advent
0: come into this so christmas develops sort of late ish i mean you know
1: yeah i mean uh, early but late i mean yeah yeah yeah
0: and and maybe i guess still even in the fourth century we're still working out we don't have anything probably quite like the you know degrees of solemnity and and that sort of thing yeah yeah we're kind of moving in that direction right Mm -hmm. but you know, we're we're still fairly open to some degree, or there's some, you know, maybe some um, wiggle room and, and, you know, ambiguity there. But um, where does Advent start to come in?
1: Yeah, so um, Advent starts to show up really in the 6th century, maybe the late 6th Mm -hmm. century. You start to see movements in the direction of Advent. I wouldn't call it really a liturgical season. Mm -hmm. Um, But... You start to see people making decisions about how we ought to prepare for Christmas. If Christmas is an important feast, you want to be prepared for it, just like you're prepared for Easter, right? And so what you start to do is you see the penitential um, liturgies from Lent being used on certain days Mm, uh, in the weeks in advance of, um, of Christmas.
0: So really like a just like really like a repetition of those
1: liturgies. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, you'll you'll take the you'll take the um the masses from, you know, parts of Lent and and you'll so you'll celebrate those mm. during the uh, during the weeks leading up to to Christmas. Okay, interesting. And you yeah. know, for in different places uh and at different mm. times, the number of weeks you prepared was different yeah right it wasn't always just four weeks the four Sundays the way it is now
0: right right can you say anything to uh because I know some of my traditions friends have a particular affection for ember days yeah is that is that sort of related or
1: um not really okay I don't okay. I don't believe they're really related um I know that people pounce on me for that but um a colleague of mine from the Society for Catholic Liturgy um, wrote a pretty nice piece on the Ember Days several okay. years back. His name, did I say his name? is Michael Foley. Okay. Um, he um, he wrote a pretty nice piece. It was published in Orate Cheli mm. uh, on the Ember Days, and he explains it. He explains the history of it and and what Let's it's see. supposed okay. to, to mean.
2: Okay.
1: And one of the things he points out there, if I remember, um, if I remember the the article um correctly is that the ember days occur in transitions between seasons on the on the um gotcha okay gotcha on the year right, right? so it's mm-hmm. not really liturgic it's not really attached to liturgical seasons as such mm-hmm. but to the changing of the seasons of the year mm-hmm. if i remember him correctly and okay. um and so you know a person might say i, I wouldn't i'm not arguing this but a yep. person might say um Gee, that sounds sort of like, that sounds kind of pagan, you know, to be Mm -hmm. celebrating the the changing of seasons. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's a legitimate criticism against Ember Days. Mm -hmm. What I would say is um, there's a long tradition in Christianity of sanctifying time itself, Mm -hmm. right? We see this in the development of the Liturgy of the Hours, which is Mm -hmm. very, early right l- l- the liturgy of the hours is pretty darn early right, right at least right. it's as early as what we're talking about with christmas right and it's mm-hmm. it's um mm-hmm. the time is and not just they, and, they, and, you know,
0: and not just monks
1: right yeah
0: right that's interesting yeah
1: at least yeah. in the great
0: municipal churches right of the ancient church yeah. right you, you could have the the liturgy of the hours celebrated by the by the people
1: right right so I mean, it it's pretty it's a pretty old concept, right? Sanctify mm-hmm. time. Well, why not, right? right? I mean, sure. God wants to sanctify the entire cosmos. Time is a part of that.
0: That's an interesting uh, uh, statement you said there. Uh, I was talking to my kids about something theological, and um, one of my, my oldest son uh, asked a question. Well, well, why is that necessary, uh-huh. right? And I thought for a second. I said i think that's the wrong question yeah that is the I, wrong question. I, I say, like it, it's not maybe strictly necessary um but there's some good reason for x y and z mm-hmm. right um and um and we know that it is right uh from say revelation or something like that yeah uh and so maybe it's not strictly necessary uh isn't that interesting though that you know the human mind does kind of and maybe it's part of our rational nature. We want the necessary explanation. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not a necessary explanation, but you know, like a lot of things aren't necessary. You think about uh thing, you know, little things that maybe your parents did for you to make your life nicer, right? Uh-huh. And 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 more comfortable and 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 happier. They weren't strictly necessary. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. You know? In fact, lovers yeah. do in fact a big part of being a lover, whether romantic or otherwise, right? is doing the non necessary. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I think it in, in a way.
1: But. Yeah, it is a re- I, I actually think that that question arises mostly from um our western tendency toward rationalism. Ooh. Um that we really want we really want something to be proven as necessary or we suspend belief. And so it's kind of a dangerous uh. question, right? Mm. Um so I was going to say that, um, you know, God, God acts um, gratuitously from the beginning. Right. He doesn't have to right. create.
2: Right. right. Um, exactly.
1: Yeah. Right. So if, if yeah. that's your logic, if that's the starting point, mm-hmm. then, you know, does God need the sacraments? Are they strictly necessary from God? Right. Right. Is God yeah. to do what he wants to do. Well, no, but I mean,
0: this is the way he's decided to do it. He has some good reason for doing it.
1: <laughs> right. yeah. and, and maybe we should ask ourselves, right. What do I have to learn? about
0: mm-hmm.
1: about what God is up to, about right. the way he thinks about us, right? So
0: kind of thinking about like the, that point in connection with liturgical seasons and liturgical matters, right? Yeah. You know, you can say, yeah, it's not strictly necessary to have ember days. It's not strictly necessary to, you know, what, lots of things in liturgy aren't strictly necessary, right? Yeah, but uh, maybe they're good. But maybe they're good, you know, and we should just explore and be interested in what's good about them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's interesting. Now, I
1: would say, though, that, you know, the ember days, as with, and Christmas, right, mm. uh, and Advent, um, mm. they emerged over time. Sure. Like, so the liturgical calendar can change, right? Mm. I don't think it should change willy-nilly, but, I mean, it, mm. it, it can it can change. It can evolve, and things can... There have been feasts in the past that have been suppressed, you know? And, sure, and, sure. And so um, I think that's fine to some degree, right, to mm. introduce new feasts and Maybe let others drop away if they no longer seem useful although well, i I'm I'm really disinclined to to kind of just start hacking away at things, but
0: yeah, that seems like the kind of thing you definitely want to develop organically over time yeah yes, there may need to be pruning and readjusting, but sort of like you know, um kind of like with your yard or your property, right you don't just uh-huh. sort of like oh to heck with it i'm just gonna put down pavement everywhere (laughs) like like you might say you know this bush has grown too large it's time to trim it back you know yeah you know there's some things that have been neglected here and we're gonna make some more room for that and you know that seems to make sense right right um but yeah you don't just sort of like uh you know just plow up the front yard
1: on a whim right (laughs) right you know um (laughs) I mean, when but your you neighbor know, does that, you kind of look and you think, right. "Like, is he okay?" What's I think he's, he's lost his mind. No, that's right.
0: <laughs> uh, the uh, that's funny. Um, But you know, with respect to Advent here, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong about this, Rich. Uh, you know, you're stri- like You're pointing out sort of the it's historical development in relationship to kind of a penit- penitential preparation season, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, so
0: one of the things that strikes me about a lot of the readings in Advent since the Second Vatican Council, right, um, is that those readings tend to be fairly eschatological.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And I'll, I'll just say that's kind of a I don't know if that's I don't I'm not familiar with the pre-Vatican II Advent on this point. Mm-hmm. Um but if that is kind of a development, I think that's a fairly positive development. I mean I, I kind of like the fact that I hear, I think once a year at least a sermon during Advent where the priest points out that we're not just anticipating Christ's first coming, but also anticipating the return of Christ. Yeah. And that seems to me a powerful uh, theological theme, you know, that's that's worthy of yeah, uh, and uh, it's, consideration. In it's, fact it's
1: not new. Okay. I mean that that's that's a pretty old concept. Mm-hmm. um really there are three you know there are three things right there's the right. past the present and the future
0: oh, okay great right
1: so there's there's um we're, we're we're anticipating the birth of christ right which of course is a thing of the past for us
2: mm-hmm.
1: um we're preparing ourselves right to kind of make room in the heart for our own conversion for our own reception mm-hmm. of christ right into our lives um. And that's why it's a penitential season. Mm, okay. um, and then of course, this life that we're living is oriented toward the final judgment.
2: Right. right. And
1: so there's an eschatological uh, aspect to this, right? So yeah. we want we want to prepare ourselves for the parousia. Mm-hmm. Now um the um interesting thing about this though, right? This used to really be, um once it got revved up, right? Mm-hmm. It really was regarded as a penitential season. Mm-hmm. And it was really under Gregory the the seventh, right? in um the eleventh century, okay, that it got standardized as the four weeks gotcha. the four Sundays of Advent. Uh-huh. But it was in about the twelfth century that fasting was kind of dropped. Right. So a couple mm. hundred years, it was a season of fasting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and so um penance was still a part of it, abstinence was still right, a part right. of it, but actual fasting was no longer so so we started to speak of the great lent, That's and it. then yeah. by implication, advent is sort of a lesser Lent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Sure, but still, but still, distinctly a Lent, right?
2: Yeah, still, still a Lent. Yeah, and distinctly Christmas, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So uh, every once in a while, uh, I like to to be a little bit of a curmudgeon with some of my Catholic friends, and yeah, and and and, and, and you know, when they're wishing me you know Merry Christmas on you know December eighteenth or something,
1: so um,
0: you know. Kind of with a grin, you know. Okay, of course, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to be a jerk about it, uh,
1: but it's not Christmas,
0: <laughs> right? It's, it's it's Advent, right?
1: Yeah, I I I wish you uh, by way of anticipation that, that when Christmas <laughs> arrives, it, be married well, for it is you. actually Christmas. It be married <laughs> for you. That's right. It's it's a little longer. It takes a little longer to say that.
0: <laughs> That's all right.
2: That's all right. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, um. <clears throat> yeah the um so what do we where do we go from here though i mean like as a we recognize that this you know there's something to this liturgical season we shouldn't let it fade away and it seems like it it has faded away to a great extent as you Mm. pointed out even protestants though are starting to think that maybe maybe there's a void Mm. in the way that we treat christmas Mm -hmm. right right right. we do need this preparation after all Uh and so maybe there's a comeback Mm -hmm. but i think that where we are right now is a place of um confusion right i mean we don't we don't really quite remember what advent is for i mean maybe we're talking about it but sure the average christian (coughs) even Mm -hmm. the average catholic i Mm -hmm. I think probably doesn't really understand what the season is for sure
0: yeah i mean for myself when i think about it like i'm the i'm i'm reticent at this point in history right to be a bah humbug you know Mm -hmm. and and to be overly censorious on the matter yeah um although i will like say you have to tease people about it sometimes and and i will say for my own practice um my family's practice you know
2: Mm-hmm.
0: for practical reasons because of my own family situation you know we um we used to not put up any christmas decorations until christmas eve yeah um now we've changed out a little bit to the sunday before uh christmas just to say because of my own practical circumstances mm-hmm. but uh you know if i could if i had my druthers and and could just do whatever you know i wanted with that situation then i would just say yeah i would and one easy way easy ish way right maybe to move in that direction is of reclaiming and revivifying advent and at the same time revivifying i think christmas right yeah, as well right. right is um to delay decoration maybe mm-hmm until christmas eve or something like that uh and then to fully celebrate christmas you know uh for you know the weeks after the 25th yeah
1: you know so yeah i have some views about this too and i i agree strongly with some of what you're saying i don't think that advent should be free of decoration um, I used to. There was a time when I was mm. like, no, right? <laughs> but like, like, I don't think so. I think Advent should have its own decoration, right? Interesting, yeah. Um, because some, some people do that with the crest, right? An Aspect there is an aspect of anticipatory joy, during sure, the season. sure, yeah. Um, so I, I think you and remember the church in the 12th century, right? They dropped the fasting part, mm-hmm. so you're you're abstaining from certain things sure but but uh it's not quite the same thing as what's going on sure right so maybe it, it could be festive but we have a tradition of advent carols mm. that are distinct from Christian from Christmas carols and maybe we should i mean i really think catholics should start developing playlists that are just advent reggae, uh, that's right? interesting yeah, advent yeah, stuff yeah. um they sound a lot like Christmas carols, right because they're all madrigals, sure but, you know, but they um but they're their own thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and of course, you know the um the readings across mm. advent the yeah. the advent um, wreath mm-hmm. is a good thing, right? sure. I think you could put your Christmas tree up um during Advent I think these days technology actually can help us out a lot Mm. because it's not hard to make led lights that could be different colors right (laughs) and i mean maybe you want your maybe you want lights to be purple during Mm. during advent and then turn them white or multicolored christmas Mm. or whatever right Mm. um but i think there are ways for us to mark the distinction Mm -hmm. where i agree with you very very strongly is that we can't allow Christmas to end on to end at 8 p.m. on on December 25th Mm -hmm. Um, right that's not what it looks like on the calendar at all
0: I think that the pressure of that is uh, and this is you know an obvious thing to say uh, the pressure and codification of that is it's the culmination of the commercial season of Christmas
1: yeah, and that's not acceptable. Right. I mean, like 25th, that's not an acceptable explanation for
0: <laughs> the 20 I mean, but teleologically, right? I mean, I think the way it kind of works, right? is uh, the 25th is when you rip open all the gifts, right? Yeah. Uh that you've been working so hard to buy and 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 so forth. But so then what's left to do? I mean, Christmas is over. Right? <laughs> like you've opened the gifts, you have them, yeah. you possess the things.
1: And, and and it's done. Yeah. So I mean <laughs> so, as you say that, right, <laughs> right? The um you could see how inadequate that explanation of course. is. Yeah, yeah. And um like we we can't let that be the, the reason. No, no, no. right? Right, right. So You know, often people think that oh Christmas is twelve days, but no, it's longer than that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. the uh, traditionally <laughs> baptism of our Lord, mm-hmm. right? The nativity is the beginning. It's mm-hmm. not just the birth, right? Right, right? But the whole origin story of Jesus, right? And that right. leads up to the that leads up to the um, to the beginning of his public ministry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's funny you know the way we talk about it if you look at the contemporary calendar this concept of ordinary time is a is an invention of the 1970 Mm missile um but we um we didn't used to have it right but when we mark the calendar we say that the feast of the baptism of our lord is the first sunday of ordinary time Mm. but in fact Traditionally, it's not. It's a Christmas mm. feast. Mm. The it's white, right? The liturgical colors are, are mm. white. Mm-hmm. The way I think you should regard it is as a, a transitional feast. Mm. And I could give you another example of a, tr- a, a transitional feast, right? A feast okay. in which the beginning is one season and the end is another, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a great example of this would be um, would be. Holy Thursday, right? Okay. Where Holy Thursday, you notice, is a white day, right? Right. Right. It's a it's a solemnity. It's, it, but when it ends, you're in the Triduum, right? Yeah. Right. The beginning, right? The the, <sighs> the Chrism and all this kind of stuff in the beginning, that's that's a whole different kind of celebration,
0: right? But then right, this right, flip right.
1: over into the Passion.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think those are all uh you know, um good ways to think about it. I know we we leave our decorations up I think usually until uh uh that point. Um
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh because we tend to put them up so late. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um but um yeah, those are those are all good things and I think, you know, when you're when you're focusing on, it is really you know. I mean, I say don't want to be a you know, a humbug to anybody's particular you know, traditions and things about this. But I mean, obviously, the thing you do want to focus on is that these are distinct seasons, and mm-hmm. they're distinct pieties. They are distinct modes of devotion, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh one is very preparatory, right? Anticipatory, right? The other has a little more of a sign of realization, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and one of the things I, I think is really interesting to think about is especially with all of the fulfillment in Christmas of these messianic, you know, prophecies, is you know, to think about the kingship of Christ. I know the kingship of Christ. Comes at the kind of a different time, you know, but it's, it's just interesting, right? Like, yeah, th- this is a time where we think about if we're—I mean, especially from a New Testament context, right, or a biblical mm-hmm. context, right? Redemptive history, you know, the King has come, right? I mean, so many of the the prophecies, right, are about this Messianic King, right? Yeah, and right. you know what we're celebrating, right, is is is, is hey, the the Messiah has come right yeah. he's been born you know and, right. and then i think there's this huge um you know uh doctrinal uh biblical you know sort of theme to sort of really um devote ourselves to and to contemplate and celebrate um of christ as the messianic king and as, as his coming as the coming of the kingdom
1: yeah that's right so so i got i got a couple of things to say about that actually right Mm. um we have on the calendar the feast of christ the king Mm. which currently is in november right right? and it's the last feast of the um of the liturgical year right 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 now when that feast was first introduced it it was introduced very late actually of course yeah sure right very late like 20th century Mm. um and it was originally in october Mm -hmm. Uh, so the question is why was the feast of christ the king um, placed where it was to begin with and then where it is now Mm -hmm. well i kind of think that um, the reason it was placed in october was that in um, on november 1st you had the feast of all saints and mm-hmm. so the Feast of All Saints is um and the Feast of All Souls, right? These are kind of eschatological feasts. Sure. And we're talking mm-hmm. about the I mean the all saints is the church triumphant, right?
0: Right, 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 right,
1: right, right. So you kind of want to um maybe you want to celebrate the Parousia, you want to have this mm-hmm. this sort of event and then right. look into heaven and see what's going on there.
2: Right, right, right.
1: Um, but it was then moved later right till Mm -hmm. after the feast of all saints and all souls Mm -hmm. and probably because i don't know for sure what their reasoning was but i'm kind of thinking maybe maybe it was thought um number one that um that since we have the feast of all souls and that includes people in you know the church um penitent Mm -hmm. that the time of the parousia hasn't quite arrived right right? maybe put in the the wrong spot uh and the other thing is that you're kind of if you think about the liturgical year Mm -hmm. as taking us from creation all the way through yeah the culmination of reality right 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 eschaton. Mm then it does make sense to kind of put that feast at the very end of the year. At the very end,
0: sure, sure. Yeah, I can see that. Especially if you're thinking about the perfection of the kingship, the perfection of the kingdom, that sort of thing. That makes some sense, yeah.
1: But where I think it introduces some confusion, right, leading to um, maybe a diminished understanding of Advent Mm -hmm. and of Christmas is if the celebration of the Parousia is at the very end of the liturgical year, right, then that aspect of Christmas tends to sort of yeah. fade into the background, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, right, right. But on the
1: other hand, what you're talking about, right, is 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 really part of that idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, the Incarnation is the first stage, sure, right, but it does culminate in this thing right. so it's you know in our creed when we say um that we um we look forward to the we say that christ will come again right
2: mm-hmm.
1: he'll come again to judge the living mm-hmm. and the dead
2: right in
1: greek the word for again here is palin which has the um a connotation of a sort of reverberation right uh an echo or a redounding and so the implication right i think liturgically is mm-hmm. to say that if he came in the first place there's there's going to be this echo mm-hmm. right um and it's going to reach its culmination what what mm-hmm. began with the Incarnation is
2: um, right right
1: it's going come it's going to come again right it's going to come back mm-hmm. upon us and um not as if a, not not in the sense right really of a a, a secondary event not in the sense of this happened, and then some point in the future, this other thing will happen. But instead, the full implications of what happened in mm. the incarnation will come to term.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: That's kind of the the idea, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, already at Christmas, you're beginning mm. to celebrate the parousia. Right. Let's, let's let's think about this because understanding right. what a parousia is is kind of part of this this issue, right? Um, the idea of a parousia is all over christian activity um it's an idea borrowed from the ancient world right as you probably know um kings emperors Mm -hmm. right would would go and manifest themselves in front of the people they would go and 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 be present to them right parousia they Mm -hmm. would be over the being over against, right? Here right, I am right. in my substantial existence, right <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So you can see how ritualized that kind of thing is. The king mm-hmm. makes his entrance. Okay. You, sure. you see this even now, right? right? You see this with the monarch. Sure. Um, uh so that's the idea of a parousia. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly at the incarnation, that's happening,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? God is being mm. seen. He's coming right. among his people, Emmanuel. Sure. But what we're anticipating in what we normally refer to as the Perusia is where that that's just totally it's undeniable, right? Right. right that's true. happened.
2: Um yeah.
1: no one can any longer say
2: Yeah.
0: They didn't yeah. I, I like to think about it as a full actualization, right? Of it. And uh, where you have, you know, you have the substantial actualization here, right? But Christ, in many ways, hides his kingship, right? Yeah. I love the passage in John where he know, he's, it actually says, and he knew the heart of the people, uh, yeah. and that like they were going to try to make him king, right? Mm-hmm. And It's like, that's not what I'm doing right now, right? Like yeah. like, yeah, I am the king. Like, Christ is the king, right? He doesn't even be made king, right? Yeah. And of course, this opens, I think, and this is kind of what's wrapped up, I think, in, in Christmas and Advent. Interesting. Uh, debates right about the nature of the kingdom
1: yeah mm-hmm. right
0: of course right um and the nature of Christ's kingship right and I would also add a part of this that sometimes you know, drops out a little bit is the nature of Christ's warfare right
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's proper to a king to conduct war against his enemies hmm right and although he is the prince of peace we're not fully at peace yet uh-huh. Do you see how, you see what i'm saying yeah. like there is still a time of struggle right yeah and we're in that time of struggle you know we're kind of uh in this christ came and he 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 was born as king he still is king and he is the king to come right yeah. all three of those things are true and at some point, the war will cease, right? Mm-hmm. But we're still kind of in a time of war. Like, it's like, uh, I know other people have used this analogy, but I like it, right? It's like between D Day and, you know, Victory in Europe Day, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, the good side has invaded, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's we're on the way towards victory. We're going to win, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of fighting to be done in between, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and not to take us too far afield, but that seems to me part of the celebration of Christmas is, I mean, imagine like the celebration of people when, when D Day happens, yeah, right? right? That,
1: yeah. They're, they're here,
0: right? You know, yeah. well, so that's what I
1: was talking about when I, you yeah. know, the baby commanding the the angelic mm-hmm. host, mm-hmm. right? Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. the, um, yeah, the victory is won.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not totally yet right yeah, there's still battles slog, to be fought <laughs> right yeah, the idea right. of the church militant, right mm, is sure. um, which mm. it's fallen out of fashion to talk about it but mm. the idea of the church militant is is all about right. this understanding right we right. are actually in the battle
0: mm-hmm. uh, but the
1: battle is won we're short sure. of victory right right
0: right yeah yeah i think it's all that stuff is wrapped up i think in kind of the the, the mystery of Christmas the joy of mm-hmm. Christmas the the celebration of it right uh um you know and I think especially from a a New Testament perspective you know that that anticipation and partial and realization of that
1: of those Messianic prophecies you know
0: uh, yeah is 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 right there
1: yeah so the dating of Christmas um the um think of being at midnight Mass and you've got the you know the uh, Christmas acclamation mm-hmm. and you know, they're all. You just hear the the incantation, where, um you know, the emperor and the the, the all these various figures, these things going on, right? The whole world being at peace, right? Mm. That that part of the thing, the whole world being at peace,
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, you had said, right? Well, it it makes sense for a king to wage war against his enemies, mm. um, but right now, the whole world, the oikomenos. Mm-hmm. uh is that's the roman empire right
2: right okay? right right.
1: and um and it represents in the new testament worldliness mm-hmm. right it represents the it's the order of this world right and right. it's that's a really interesting idea in the new testament sure, that i think sure. we don't appreciate nearly enough mm-hmm. the um the adoption of the of the concept of gentile right the Gentiles. is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh as applying to the roman empire right um that's a complete inversion that's their word gentiles mm. was the word that the roman empire used to describe sure. people who were not in the roman empire right, right? under <laughs> sure. roman law right but this right. is civilization this yeah. is the whole world the icon right right, right. <laughs> um but
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: if you're outside of that like you're 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 a barbarian right Mm, mm -hmm. um and so um what when judaism and christianity began to adopt Mm -hmm. the um the idea right of the gentiles as the romans right as Uh the pagans that was sort of a thumb in the eye right? (laughs) right right this is the real civilization the kingdom Mm -hmm. has come And mm-hmm. think of Jesus' language in John, where he says, uh, "I have conquered the world." Right? Mm-hmm. I've conquered the world, or I have imposed a new order on the cosmos. Sure. Again, that's language from that's mm-hmm. language from the uh, ancient political world. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's what a king would say if he if he waged war, won victory, and now imposed his law mm-hmm. on the place. Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah. what that's what he would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that's it's great stuff, Rich. Well, uh, as we wrap up here, um do you have any kind of final thoughts you want to leave our, our listeners with uh, in terms of uh you know thoughts about advent and Christmas as as Christmas is very close upon us now?
1: Yeah. So, I think I guess I want to remind um I want to remind the audience and myself to to really yourself, And um did I drop out again just no, for no a second, second. okay <laughs> i wanna i wanna remind the reader to to invest yourself in Christmas as a season mm-hmm. and a pretty long one i mean it's mm-hmm. it varies from one year to the next, but it could go on for a while, you know, go all the way through the baptism of our Lord. And you know what? One of the things that I always would, I, I always mean to do, I want to do, and it would be good to do, would be for us uh, as Catholics to to really own our Catholicism, right? To mm-hmm. really to really um, differentiate ourselves maybe from the larger culture by celebrating some of the lesser feasts, mm-hmm. right? Some of the feasts that the world doesn't care much about. I mean, yeah, you get lots of presents on Christmas. So everybody cares about that. Sure. But maybe it'd be good to celebrate the Feast of the Baptism of our Lord. Maybe it'd be mm-hmm. good to celebrate Epiphany.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All
1: right. And um, yeah. <clears throat> so you don't have to give people gifts, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to, <clears throat> the world doesn't have to have anything um, to say about it, right? Sure. You don't to yeah, have yeah. any concern. Yeah. But it would be a time for Christians to kind of come together um and just recognize with one another that this is mm-hmm. we're celebrating a great moment in um in the history of salvation.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, Rich. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Just uh you know, I mean there's a lot of great things about Christmas, about Advent, and uh uh especially as we're approaching Christmas here, you know things that we all think about you know um good memories and family and, and all those things are, are rich and wonderful and and add to our lives but you do want to kind of keep that central sort of you want to see all that within the perspective right of redemptive history right mm-hmm. at the end of the day right that that you know christmas is so much more than uh the presents right um as nice as those things are um that really does root us. It's an opportunity to to remember to root ourselves, right. Mm -hmm. In that bigger story. uh, That's the, that's, that's, that's the most important thing. Right. Uh, And there's a variety of ways of doing that. um, But I I totally agree. Yeah. That we should, we should, we go out of our way here or there. And this or that way, mm-hmm. um, uh, to try and and do that, you know, like you said, celebrating the the baptism of the Lord, celebrating Epiphany, uh, you know, th- those sorts of things. Those are great uh, opportunities to to kind of keep Christmas right uh, in, a, in a serious sort of ongoing uh, way. A great way of doing that, I think, is to maybe dedicate, you know, start reading some of the the gospel narratives right at Christmas, and maybe and keep going, you know, through into, yeah. you know, like, like, don't just stop at Christmas day. Like can I just keep going? You know, I mean, that's yeah. a good way to say it goes it. on for a while. It goes on, right. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, that's the, that's the, those are the powerful things. Um, and I do want to say, I think that the, the, the lectionary, Again, I don't have any expertise about the lectionary before the second Vatican council, mm. but the lectionary as we have it now, I love that little devotional, the word among us. Because it just puts that lectionary right in front of you in a very easily accessible mm-hmm. way. That's another great way. Just the the church has really wisely chosen, I think, mm-hmm. um, passages that will keep these things in front of you, you know. So you yeah. don't have to do all the study yourself. It's there, mm-hmm. right? You know. Uh so I encourage people maybe to 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 adopt that. But it was uh Rich, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts about all this, your expertise uh in these matters. Um and until next time, God bless.